Hey everybody, welcome to Uvalde Reports. Now last night, President Donald Trump gave his first State of the Union address, but he did so among many political controversies. First of all, the nation is fractured along partisan lines. Now what the President had to face last night, he go went into it among the political landmines of immigration reform, the ongoing Russian investigation by Robert Mueller, and the impending release of California Congressman Devin Nunes' House Intelligence Committee memo, which alleges abuse of power by the Department of Justice and the FBI. But even before the President began to speak, the divisiveness was well established. Several Democratic members of Congress objected to how Trump has conducted himself as President and seemingly unable to accept the fact that he is the President, decided to boycott the State of the Union address. Now, from the onset of his address, you could really feel a sharp partisan divide. Democrats sat really angrily silent, not even rising in applause when Trump spoke about issues they championed, including the economy, infrastructure, the low unemployment rate of African Americans and Hispanics, and in fact, the Democrats only showed emotion was to boo Trump's immigration proposals. Now, as expected, Donald Trump went into the State of the Union address, and everybody believed, and he would, and it was any president would. He highlighted the strength and the growth of the U.S. economy assumed, said, since he assumed the presidency. And he stated, since the election, we have created 2.4 million new jobs, including 200,000 new jobs in manufacturing alone. After years of wage stagnation, we are finally seeing rising wages. Now, Trump went on to note that the unemployment claims have hit a 45-year low and African-American and Hispanic American unemployment rates are at their lowest level ever. Trump continued to state small business confidence is at an all-time high. The, small, the stock market has smashed one record after another and gaining $8 trillion in value, which he mentions is great news for Americans 401 retirement, pensions, and college savings accounts. Now, this was one of the longest speeches of a, a president in a um, State of the Union address. It's about 80 minutes long. It was one of the third longest one. The last one that went over an hour, well past an hour, almost an hour, 20 minutes, was Bill Clinton in 1995. Now, the speech was a, a different take for the president. It gave him a chance to really fight back against his critics, especially recently this month when he had his um, medical doctor. This is the same doctor who was the medical doctor for George Bush and Barack Obama, gave him a clean bill of, bill of health, and it kind of overcame any doubts he had for the fitness's office. But throughout this pitch, he, gave his he kept his conservative base happy with his continued support for the border wall with Mexico, his call for immigration reform, and the so-called end to chain migration and the visa lottery system. But despite Trump's call for bipartisanship, and some Democrats look at it as hollow because of the way he's governed and the way he campaigned, some Democrats booed his mention of ending the, the two programs that I, I mentioned earlier, chain migration and the visa lottery system. Now, House Majority Leader, excuse me, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi and House Minority Whip Steny Hoyer and other Democrats just couldn't seem to bring themselves 
to rise in response to the president's outreach. And it was pretty evident, no matter what it was, they just couldn't rise to say, no, I agree with the president on this. This is at least an issue that we care about. Now, Trump spent a good portion of his address showcasing the revival of the U.S. economy. But his, his proposals were short on specifics, especially when it comes to funding the massive in, his massive infrastructure plan. Now, this is where both parties can agree our infrastructure, bridges, roads, highways, and if you go into our um, internet and our electronic um, capabilities, all are woefully inadequate to um, a, a country as the size of the United States and with the econ a first world economy as the United States. Now, Trump called on Congress to produce a bill that generates at least $1.5 trillion for the new infrastructure investment we need. Every federal dollar should be leveraged by partnering with state and local governments. Now, he said that we should be, where appropriate, we should be able to tap into private sector investment to permanently fix the infrastructure deficit. And any bill must also streamline the permitting and approval process, getting it down to no more than two years and per perhaps even one. And what he meant by that, he referenced the Statue of Liberty which went up in about 14 months, which the Freedom Tower, which was the replacement for the World Trade Center that was attacked and destroyed and taken down by terrorists on September 11th, it has taken about 14 years to go through the whole process to get that up and running. And what President Trump wants to do is to fast-track that and get this stuff moving. But the question is, he was very short on specifics of how he would do that. Because in the United States, most of the infrastructure spending is down at the state level, and the lesser degree from the federal government has an input. Now, President Barack Obama, in 2009, when he pushed the, the stimulus through, it was about $800 billion, and he had sold it. This was strictly going to go to infrastructure spending, and that there were shovel-ready jobs. Well, a few years later, when he was running for re-election in 2012, he had to admit they really weren't as shovel-ready as they thought. Some of the problems were, is, as Donald Trump had mentioned, the permitting process. But the other problem was the vast amount of that stimulus money went to other non-essential infrastructure spending. If you call you know, shoring up unemployment and some of these other areas, that's not going to jumpstart the economy. And only 4% actually went to bridges, roads, and highways. So the question is, if we're going to leverage and generate $1.5 trillion for new infrastructure, how is that money going to be spent? How is there going to be oversight? What kind of accountability do we have so we're not repeating the, the, um, the problems of the past and just wasting $1.5 trillion? And then the question is, how are, where is that money coming from? Because one of the things that was not mentioned was nothing of the national debt. There was no mention of the national debt. And right now, the national debt is up close to $20 trillion. Now, both Republicans and Democrats always talk about, we got to reduce the national debt. They're blaming the other side. And the Democrats, during the Obama years, Republicans blamed uh, President Obama for adding $10 trillion to the debt. Democrats now say with the Republicans uh, tax cut and tax reform by, ushered in by President Trump, that this is going to add to the the budget deficit and put a hole in the national debt. 
The only problem is neither side actually wants to solve the problem. And nothing was made of this during the uh, State of the Union address. And when people need to realize, and I hope my listeners understand this, majority of the national debt, 60% or more, falls into a couple categories. It's Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and interest on the debt. And then you can add in now the rising cost of health care. Because in January of 2017, the Congressional Budget Office, a nonpartisan group that oversees just how we spend our money and looks after future trends and future expenditures, stated even if nothing is done, come next year, the budget deficit is going to go up to a trillion dollars a year, as we saw most of the Obama years, and it's the, de- the national debt is going to rise substantially. And it's all coming from Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, interest on the debt, and the rising cost of health care. So if the president wants to add $1.5 trillion to new infrastructure spending, the question needs to be asked is how is he going to fund this? Now, usually and almost always, starting in, I think about 1965 with Lyndon Johnson as president, the opposition party, who doesn't control the White House, has an opportunity to issue a rebuttal to, this, um, to that the president's State of the Union address. Well, this fell onto Congressman Joe Kennedy, Democratic uh, congressperson from Massachusetts. He's related to the Kennedy clan up there, the Kennedy family. His uncle was Ted Kennedy, and his uncle was also um, John Kennedy, uh, former President Kennedy. And he, he made his rebuttal, but nothing was talked about the national debt. He just re- regurgitated the talking points from the Democrats were going to be, as the, their slogan was, a better deal, but it was still the same as was offered by Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, and we see where that went. Now, Trump also argued and urged Congress to fully fund the Pentagon. And what he was saying is, I am asking the Congress, this is a quote I'm from the President, I am asking the Congress to end the dangerous defense sequester and fully fund our great military. He said, as part of our defense, we must modernize and rebuild our nuclear arsenal. Now, some of the problem with sequester came out of the budget talks uh, agreements in 2011. President Obama was the first person who, and if you go to Price of Politics by Bob Woodward, he comes, he mentions that. The sequester was limiting how much money can be spent, and you can't go beyond a certain amount. And the Defense Department fell victim to this. Now, he thought this was a way for the Republicans to cave because the Republicans have always been strong on defense. Well, the Republicans didn't cave, and now we were stuck with this. So there, there's a cap on how much you can spend on domestic and on the military. Well, Republicans wanted to end sequester. Well, the Democrats are against it because if you're going to spend on the military, then you're going to spend on domestic programs. So this goes back to my original point. If the deficit stands at $20.4 trillion, or around that that mark, about $20 trillion, and we're going to fully fund the military, and we're going to do $1.5 trillion, and even Congressman Kennedy, the Democrat, who gave his rebuttal, where's all this money going to come from? Now, the Democrats talk about spending on domestic, but they've never mentioned where the money comes, except we're going to raise taxes on um, on the wealthy, the billionaires and millionaires that they keep talking about. But Donald Trump talks about we're going to cut taxes, reform the tax code, which he did. But what nobody mentions is how are you going to reduce 
the debt. And what nobody mentions that what Donald Trump did put a spin at a, on a different aspect. He identified his executive agencies to figure out how they hire and how they retain employees and how they let employees go so they can keep the best employees. But it still doesn't go back to the central theme is government has never reformed how it spends, it's how it procures and how it goes through its procurement and acquisition um, system. Now, I came from the military. I spent 30 years in the Marines. And there's billions of dollars of needed um, systems that need to go. Oversight needs to happen in a lot of these things. But just basic business practices. No business can operate and stay successful the way the federal government operates. They spend money just to say they're spending. They keep outdated equipment. It takes a long time to get new equipment through. And when they do, they pay a premium for that equipment where you can find the same thing out in town. Now, again, like I said, I served 30 years in the Marines. And in the Marines, we have something called a serve mart, which is like you get your hardware supplies and your office supplies. Why do we have that when we can go out in town with a credit card and go to Home Depot, we can go to Lowe's, we can go to Office Max or Office Depot and get our office supplies and our whatever building supplies we need? Far too often, we can get these things far cheaper in the civilian market than we can through the government procurement system. And this is not just that. The other aspect is there's four branches of the, of the military. The Army, Marines and the Navy are kind of on one, but the Army and the Air Force are on a different logistical system, meaning they go through a different, use a different uh, logistical software, and they go through a different uh, pathway to get the same supplies that the Marines are using. The Army and the Navy, excuse me, the Army and the Marines primarily use about 95% of the same equipment. There's only equipment here or there like the Apache and some other things that the Army has and the Marine Corps doesn't have for because of the nature of what the Marine Corps does. But the funny thing is, when I went to Iraq, I was attached to an Army brigade. I was taught how to use the Marine Corps logistics system. Even though I tried to tell my commanders, I'm going to be attached to the, the Army. You told me I'm going to get my supplies through the Army. They don't use the supplies, the software that we did. Now, think about that. All the branches of the services are using different supply and acquisition software. Why? Walmart doesn't operate like that. Amazon's all over the world. So is Costco. They don't have one software system for the United States, one for Canada, one for Mexico, one for China. It's all one and the same. So why should the military operate any differently? And this is no different than what you find in domestic agencies. We just... We spend on things like, um, okay, go back to infrastructure. Look how much money is wasted on that. Think about the Affordable Care Act, the website, cost almost a billion dollars, and the president's supporters, one of the companies was Google. Google sent their tech advisors, their web de developers out there, and they were just astonished how things were being spent, how things were done, but this is government, and what people need to realize this is how government operates. And you wonder why we got $20 trillion in debt. And a lot of times they have, like I said earlier, they have antiquated systems doing antiquated work, and you're getting the end result, wasted money. Now, the other aspect that the president really didn't 
adhered to much until the end was the president pivoted to foreign policy. Now, he used this in the last part of his speech when he called out the depraved regimes of Iran, North Korea, and Venezuela. However, there really was no mention of Russia and China or the ongoing turmoil in the Middle East. The president really didn't lay out a vision for America. He talked about trade. He wanted fair trade, not free trade. He talked about we're going to make, um, we're only going to use foreign aid to give to our friends. Now, what the hell does that mean? So there's a lot of things that he um, he left out. There's a big void on what he should be, what needs to be discussed when it comes to foreign affairs, and there was no vision. So, but even. Um, Congressman Kennedy, who was talking for the Democrats, he didn't lay out a vision either beyond what we've had so far. So there was really no mention of foreign affairs in his address. Everything was domestic. So that leaves our allies wondering, where the heck is America at? What's our vision for um, that America sees for the world? And then the last thing that um, the president did mention, he said, I'm going to keep another promise. And he said, I just signed an order directing Defense Secretary James Mattis to re-examine our military detention policy and to keep open the detention facilities at Guantanamo Bay. Now, he, um, this is something that President Obama was unable to convince con the Congress to close Guantanamo Bay and move the retaining, um, remaining detainees to the United States. Now, a lot of people blame the Republicans on this, but he got equal pushback from Democrats of moving those detainees to the United States. But Trump, all he, t he talked about the fight against terrorists and the defeat of ISIS, but he never moved beyond what happens after we defeat ISIS. What's the, the, the vision for that he has for the Middle East? He did mention that he moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to um, Jerusalem in Israel. So that had a lot of pushback from our Arab allies and some people throughout the region in Europe. So we'll have to see how that goes forward. But there was a lot of detail, there was a lot said in the address on domestic matters, but there's a lot of details missing, similar to most presidential um, State of the Union address throughout history, but there really was less detail in this as it becomes how we're going to pay for the, the, the vast expenditures that he wants for infrastructure, just saying the Democrats haven't addressed that either, and there wasn't a vision for either party as we move forward on foreign policy. So hopefully we'll get some clarity as we move forward, but so far right now we just do not have that clarity from the president or the opposition being the Democratic Party. Hey, so keep listening to Ubaldi Report. Hey, if you get a chance, go to my um, – I got a book out there. You can find it online or on Amazon or, or – Barnes & Noble is called the New Business Brigade, Veteran Dynamic Impact on U.S. Business. Really what it is is why business should hire veterans and the untapped resources they represent. Hey, if you get a chance, go to my website, Ubaldi Reports. Check me out on Facebook at Ubaldi Reports. Same thing on Twitter. And, hey, post some questions. Let me know what you want me to research or look or talk about, and we'll talk about it. All I want to do is keep Americans informed so we can have a strong economy and a viable foreign policy, but we get to know the issues and hold our elected officials accountable. Hey, thanks for listening to Uvalde Reports and check that. Can't wait to uh, oh, can't wait to hear me from next time. So stand by for more to come from Uvalde Reports. All right, thanks. Bye.